You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. What a wild and confusing gospel. I think we read that, and then we get to that last line, and Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and mammon, money. We're just like, okay, that's what he's trying to get at. We can discard the rest of the story. But this is one of my favorite gospels. Because because in so many ways it's just weird and confusing. What is Jesus getting at here? You know, I'm currently reading a book uh, that my aunt gave me, and it's supposedly about someone we're, we're distantly related to, and the more I read it, the more I don't want to be distantly related to this family. But in 1587, a merchant named Arndt Krupp walked out of the German forest into Essen uh, and, and kind of jumped into the world of Essen economics. By 1938, the family of Krupp, who I'm supposedly related to, were the largest steel manufacturer specifically of arms in the world. And they funded the entire sort of Nazi war machine with and provided all of their weapons, uh, which is incredible and horrible. And by the end of World War II, they ruled over a workforce of 330,000 people, 100,000 of which were Jewish and prisoner of war slaves. I'm going to switch mics. As I read about this family, I was struck generation after generation at how they were so sacrificial and passionate in building what became something so horrible. I mean, it was, it was something that in many ways tore the entire Western world apart, and Eastern world in many ways, and over the course of 100 years in the 20th century. And yet, they were all in. They believed in everything that they were doing. I, it, it reminded me of another story that I had heard from a friend. He, was, he would kind of gotten out of his master's in accountant and was going to work for one of the big four firms. And he was talking about how during corporate tax season they would work like 90 to 100 hour weeks, every single week. You know, never take a break, not for lunch, not for dinner, they'd order in. And all of this just so that, you know, Sony and Disney could outmaneuver the man. And those, to me, are examples of what Jesus is talking about in the gospel today. If that came full circle at all for any of you. Okay, the children of this generation, of this world, are more prudent in dealing with the things of this world than are the children of light. So, what's Jesus saying? We see in ourselves that in worldly matters, in things of this world, it is so easy to be passionate, to sacrifice, and to go all in. And yet, in our spiritual lives, that's so difficult. Why, why this contrast? We see it not even just in other people who we say, like, wow, they sacrifice everything for that fleeting, worldly thing. We see it in ourselves. What am I willing to sacrifice for the things of this world that I care about? You know, for me, growing up, even till today, you know, it's the sort of academic life or athletics, those sorts of things. Willing to sacrifice a tremendous amount. Uh, willing to 
sacrifice in food in a way that I, I'm not even willing to fast in that way, or sacrifice in beating up my body? Am I willing to do penance in that way? Not that beating yourself is a good idea. I mean it figuratively. But what am I willing to do for these worldly ends that I'm not willing to do in my spiritual life? And I'm not even saying worldly in a bad way, not like evil things, uh, as maybe perhaps the croup example was, but for good things of the world, for our work or for our academics or for athletics. Why are things that are so easy to sacrifice in those arenas of our own lives difficult to sacrifice in our spiritual lives? And what does that say about how much we believe about what the Lord tells us? Why is the spiritual life, the Christian life, so difficult, even when it's the same things? I think, in part, it's invisible. And the fruit of our work is distant. It's not immediate. It's not tangible. The work of the gospel is truly eternal. And the Lord tells us that. That we're, we're just not going to see the fruit of much of our work in this life. Now, that's good. Because that means we can't just make it transactional. In the same way that the sacrifices we make for these worldly things, which are good at times can be transactional. We see the fruit of our work almost immediately. The spiritual life is not like that. And though that's good, because that means that it matters so much more, it's also, for those of us with imperfect faith, it means that those things are so much less inspiring in the moment. They seem so much less urgent. You know, when I was a kid, I would say all the time, like, I'm going to be a missionary uh, to somewhere, you know, to some poor place in the world. But I'm also going to be a dentist, and so I'll go and I'll preach the gospel, but I'm also going to do something that actually helps people, so I'm going to be a dentist, so I'll I'll, uh, fix their teeth. I'm just like, that shows how little faith young Kirby had. Because I was like, well, I'm going to preach the gospel, because I think that matters, but I'm also going to do something that's actually helpful. So is that how we kind of live our life? Is Is that the way that we actually see the world? That we believe that the gospel is true. But do we actually believe that it's as important as the things that we do in the world? Does it have an urgency to it uh, that demands maybe a boldness in preaching? What are we willing to sacrifice in order to tell people about the faith? Anything? Even acquaintances, possibly? Or maybe our reputation in sort of secular spheres? Are we willing to sacrifice that? What about in fasting or alms or in penance? Are we willing to sacrifice a meal or part of a meal? Are we willing to sacrifice the balanced life that we're trying to live in that sort of self-care way? Or in the moral life and its demands? That makes demands on us in every aspect of our life. Are we willing to sacrifice for that? I think the more we know Christ the more real that it gets. And we see that in the lives of the saints. You know, St. Robert Bellarmine, his speech was just a few days ago. He, once he, and this wasn't right when he joined the Jesuits, it was later, he began to live a sacrificial life that was incredible. I mean, a penitential life that would make us feel like, not ashamed, but almost like he was over the top. 
know, the guy barely ever even ate bread. He only ate that when he maybe thought he was going to die. And now that's a lot, but that meant that he believed it. And he wrote a treatise on the spiritual life. He was a professor in in Rome. He wrote a treatise on the spiritual life every single year. And and that the amount of work that that took, because they're not just all on a tight-knit sort of series of subjects. It's on every aspect of the Christian life. Every single year he cranked one of those out. And the amount of diligence that that took in the 1570s to do the work of writing something like that every single year is incredible. And the way Benedict described it, he said everything he wrote was entirely directed to concentrating the soul's energies on the Lord, intensely known, loved, and imitated. Everything in his life was directed in that way. Every arena of his life was oriented to the Lord because he lived it. And so what what if we lived that way, in the way that Robert Bellarmine lived? Not in a disordered and frenetic and insane or manic way of like a workaholic or someone, but in a focused and intentional way in every part of our lives. I think the world would be transformed. I I don't think it, I know it would happen because we see it wherever saints live. Wherever they live with the urgency that we live in every other aspect of our life. Our fruit would, our work would bear fruit a hundredfold. Now it wouldn't in this life and that's kind of the point because this life isn't all that there is. So let's ask the Lord for this faith. In many ways, let's let the prudent steward, that worldly steward, all those that we know who work so hard for worldly things, and maybe that part of us that works so hard for the things of the world, let's be convicted by that. And so go to the Lord and ask him for the zeal, not only to sort of equal that desire that we have for worldly things, but to outstrip it 100-fold and really focus every part of our life on the Lord. And that doesn't mean leaving everything necessarily. That's up to what the Lord's calling us to in our vocation. But it means just really orienting our life and being willing to do that work for the Lord in every area. That's a beautiful life. That's the life we're called to.